This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. Good evening and thank you for listening to Femme Fatale on Joy 94.9. That was where I stood by Missy Higgins. You are joining Femme Fatale with Kat and Gemma. Good evening. Hello. Femme Fatale is a discussion and dissection of the issues facing women in life, health, relationships and the arts. Now, on tonight's show, we are talking about community and why it's important. The gay community or LGBTIQ community... You were just saying the other day how you always get that wrong. ...is is a defined grouping of supportive people, organisations and subcultures united by the common culture of our queerness and um, and how that makes us the same and different. It's a bit of a celebration. Um, there's lots of different communities popping up in our community that celebrate different aspects of being queer um, and we're going to talk about that and we're going to talk to some a group in particular a little bit later on in the show. Um, we're going to get a little bit deeper into how communities can help with mental health and with the process of coming out and how to get a, be a part of your community um, in a stronger way, but also how community can sometimes have the detrimental effect. Um, it's all up for discussion and we want to hear what you think. But also along the way, if you've got a project you're trying to get off the ground in the community or you, um, you know, you've got something you want us to shout out about on the radio, um, text in or call us during the show on 0427 JOY 949. Yep. You can also contact us on Facebook at Femme Fatale. Um, if you've got a smartphone of any kind, you can use the JOY app or you can email us at femfatale at joy.org.au. You're listening to JOY 94.9. Good evening. You're listening to Femme Fatale on JOY 94.9 with Kat and Gemma. We were just listening to Set the Fire to the Third Bar by Snow Patrol and Martha Wainwright, a quite sad and sappy song which makes us want to jump off things. But <laughs> it's really, really, really beautiful. Um, Wild at Heart by Birds of Tokyo, a little more upbeat to bring us in to the next section. What are we talking about tonight, Kate? Uh Tonight we're talking about uh, the notion of community and why we think it's important. Um, and, you know, pretty much just our, our thoughts on community, whether they are positive or critical Um, so I think to kick it off I think uh, it's important to say what it is we actually mean by community it's one of those words that um, everyone assumes that they know um, what you're talking about Um, but it can it can be more or less specific so I mean in a very general sense when we talk about (laughs) the queer community everyone knows what that is it is a group of queer people of whatever kind um, who you know, do things together. It's a political association in certain cases or a social association. Um, Generally, a group of people that support each other. Um, Community helps to build a response to homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, and also the issues that we have within ourselves um, of not being able to identify with other people in the world at large and not feeling like we have a safe place to come out or to be ourselves or just to be queer or queer curious. Um, The really important thing about um, community groups, especially that are popping up these days, um, it's it's very inclusive. So um, groups these days are more aimed at people who are just open or 
also um, relate to queer issues, not necessarily have to identify. Um, we're kind of taking the, the, the backwards stance and saying it's not necessarily essential that you identify to be a part of these groups. These groups are community. Yeah, and it can in- be for people who are questioning as well. I Absolutely. think that's important to leave the door open because it can be very intimidating to join a community of any kind. Definitely. Um, and it certainly would be awful to deter people. Um, I mean, because one of the things that's so amazing about community is the the potential effects on mental health. I mean, I'm sure everyone that's listening is aware of the um, really poor mental health stats that we have for um, GLBTIQ youth um, in terms of depression and anxiety and suicide Suicide. rates. Um, So I think it's really important to have an environment that's extremely inclusive. Um, I think the inclusive point has become more um, prominent because of the stats coming out about the mental state and, and the mental health of bisexual people who are identified in the community who feel mm. not a part of the community. The same with trans people as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think our approach to community is becoming even more inclusive, which I think is amazing. But look, one of the things to talk about and not to knock community, but is, you know, there are... There are negatives and there are some communities which, you know, of course, are really clicky and intimidating and, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, because, I mean, the community itself is a pretty nebulous thing. Um, It's a lot easier to identify sub-communities that are are very specific. Um, So whether or not that's like, you know, it can be, again, as amorphous as the lesbian community or the bisexual community. But then you've got even smaller subgroups, again, like, you know, the leather community, yeah, et cetera, definitely. et cetera, et cetera. But I think that um, the most influential or, you know, the, the, the best quality groups within the community and within the les- lesbian community are kind of common themes that tie people together that is not specific to their queerness, but that might be about something else. Like for example, in Melbourne, we have lesbian groups um, for being Italian, for liking tennis, um, for wanting to ride a motorbike, um, for wanting to talk about our feelings. <laughs> That's open house. There's the out and about with girls, which is just about you know nightlife and being able to have a really great time with like-minded people. Rainbow families. So there's community um, community groups for lesbians specific to um, how to build a family unit, and of course, women's circus, which is a bit close to our own hearts. We have many amazing, beautiful friends working very, very hard in community circus um, to help create an inclusive environment and do some really amazing things in the community that aren't specific to being queer or working with queer people. It's, you know, really... Just inclusive in general. Exactly, which I think is amazing. Being part of any kind of um, community group is really soul-satisfying and um, what's the word... (laughs) It kind of gives you a sense of strength and, and purpose in being a part of something bigger. And yeah. it makes you feel like you can do anything because you're supported. And a lot of people, um, not just queer people coming out, but definitely those, feel like they're floating in a world of disconnect and inability to feel supported, especially mm. if they've distanced themselves from their families or they don't make friends easily. So community groups can be an absolute lifesaver. Yeah. And the flip side, of course, is that um, if you become part of a, a like a, a smaller community or a minority of some kind and then something goes wrong then you can feel even more alienated and of course there are people out there that don't um consider themselves to be part of the queer community um but i'm hoping that that, that that's kind of a small amount of people because i really do feel like it should be an inclusive supportive yeah place. definitely i think within some specific 
community groups um there's it can definitely be clicky i know for myself when i first came out into the lesbian community um as a bisexual i was incredibly intimidated by some of the clickiness um and some of the status quo that was apparent within the community but i very quickly was able to overcome that but as a confident person who's able to um, talk about who I am and and who, and have strength as a in my identity. So I can imagine for other people it might be really intimidating. But it's about finding the right group mm. and the right click for you and what fits you. Really, tell us what you think. Um, do you believe in community? Do you think there is one? Do you think there isn't one? Do you think it's supportive? During the show, you can text us at zero four two seven join nine four nine. You can Facebook us at Femme Fatale. You can use the smartphone app. Or you can email us. You're listening to Femme Fatale on Joy 94.9. Good evening. You're listening to Femme Fatale on Joy 94.9 with Kat and Gemma. We were just listening to Teardrop by Massive Attack, a very sultry electro tune. We are talking about community tonight, lesbian community groups. During the show, you can text us at 0427 Joy 949. You can Facebook us at Femme Fatale or download the free smartphone Joy app and connect with us via social media. And right now, we are going to have a chat with Ina and Jeanette, who are founding members of the Jewish Lesbian Group of Victoria, which has been going for 20 years now. So this is a social um, and support network to Jewish lesbians, as well as a powerful lobby group. Um, Welcome. Thanks so much for coming in to talk to us. Thanks for having us and Thank happy you. International Lesbian Day. Woo-hoo. Oh, to you as what well. What a great day yes. to be on the show. Yes. <laughs> Fabulous. So tell us a little bit about your group and how it came about, Ina. Okay, so um, we're thinking back 20 years ago when life in the lesbian world was quite different to today. Um, Life was lived much more closeted. You didn't see the word lesbian a lot in public. You also didn't see the word Jew a lot in public outside of a particular part of town, of Melbourne. And so for a lot of us... um, there was kind of a feeling of living your life split in two. There was your lesbian... Well, for me, there was my lesbian life and there was my Jewish life. Um, Over time, I got to know a couple of Jewish lesbians. One old friend of mine ended up coming out um, and I met another Jewish lesbian at a writer's group and we, we started hanging out and then in... 1992 there was a lesbian festival being organised and we thought we'll hold a workshop Mm. for Jewish lesbians. We really thought it would be a one-off workshop. We um, worked really hard advertising it but we thought we'd maybe get you know five or six women if we were lucky (laughs) and and then the day came and we were gobsmacked like so many women turned up. The room was packed and they were you know women who all had different ways of living as Jews or different ways of living expressing their lesbianism but there was something really familiar Mm. and there was just this wonderful sense of warmth and humour and recognition and that was it, we just said we've got to keep doing this. So Ina how difficult is it how difficult was it you know 20 years ago to come out in the Jewish community let alone in the community at large Um. Look, I think it's really fair to say that you get really broad spectrum of responses. Mm. Um, certainly in terms of coming out in family, you know, um, Jeanette and I both had 
I guess, relatively easy time. We, we've known each other 20 years, and yeah. yesterday we were talking about coming out to our grandmothers and <sighs> had this beautiful synchronicity of these wonderfully cool grandmothers who were, um, you know, both of them asked us how big our bed was to <laughs> work out. Did I have a girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> that was actually probably prior to 92, because I came out in 1974. So I was 18, but I had a lot of Jewish friends. And one of the women who's actually part of our group, we've been, we were girl guides together, you know, when we were 12 years old. So that was 1974, that was probably 19, 19 I don't know, 1969. Wow. Good year. So long ago now you sort of forget what year you are, how old you are. So we had actually, Karen and I came out together and went to our first lesbian bars together, you know, when we were 18, 19. You know, mm. and we were Jewish, and we had other friends who were Jewish who actually were lesbians too. Mm. So, so that's. Different. I'm so jealous of your easy pathway compared to yeah. mine because mm-hmm. I felt very, very isolated when I came out. I didn't know any other Jewish lesbians, mm. and um, I was kind of bizarre because I I worked in feminist organisations. So I was out at work and closeted at home, mm. which is kind of different to most people. Well, that's an experience that a lot of our listeners have. What yeah. did a group like joining the Jewish lesbian group give you in your life? What kind of you know, effect did that have on in your life? For me, it was a place where I could be all that I am. Mm. I, I didn't have to be split at the root anymore. I could, be, I could just be myself. And I think... Um, you know, within the Jewish community, there was a lot of misunderstanding and stereotypes about lesbians. And within the lesbian community, there was a lot of misunderstanding and stereotype about Jews. So in a way, it was a safe space for me. Um, at the same time, it took many years until there was another Jewish woman in the group who's... Um, I'm from a secular Yiddish background. It took a very long time until I met other Jewish lesbians who had come from a similar place culturally. So there was a recognition, um, but there was also this incredible diversity. So. so did the group help to create awareness within the Jewish community oh, yeah. as well? Because I can imagine there would be a beautiful double, double you know, win there. Yeah, we, um, oh, we, we stormed the barricades. We, we really did an amazing job in the Jewish community. I think actually early on that was where a lot of our energy went. Um, the Jewish community used to have a... Um, it was called Concert in the Park. It's kind of like the Jewish version of Carnival. And one year we decided we would um, apply to have a stall there. And our plan was we'd apply to have a stall, they would refuse us, we would start a campaign, we'd get a whole lot of publicity. That's fabulous. We wrote our letter, sent it off, and the reply came back and said, yes, we'd love to have you. And we suddenly looked around the room and almost everyone there was working at a Jewish organisation where they weren't able to come out in public. And so um, my partner had recently come to Australia to be with me she'd been she'd been in the country about two months and she was she had to sit at the table and answer the questions about the group because I I couldn't I, w- I had been told at that time I would lose my job if I came out in public so wow. um, things have changed a lot. they really really have changed and the law and the law supported that you know wow. the law yeah. said you could lose your job so um 
that set off about three months of letters to the Jewish News going forwards and backwards whether we should have been there or not. Um, Yeah, look, it's just amazing. The the difference is incredible. We held a forum called uh, Jewish Lesbians Kosher. The building was packed and it was that was I know it's 17 years ago because um, a couple of the women that we got together with yesterday were saying to us they met at that forum. Amazing. Um, yeah, we really put it on the agenda in the Jewish community. So yeah. that's really amazing. Thank you for sharing your stories with us. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about this after the break, and also about the project that you guys are trying to get off the ground. We're going to hear all about that after this track. You're listening to Joy 94.9. Good evening, you're listening to Femme Fatale at Joy 94.9. We just heard By Now and Pay Later by the Whitlams and an awesome Lana Del Rey song, Born to Die. Tonight we are talking with Ina and Jeanette from the Lesbian Jewish Group in Melbourne. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. Um, So I wanted to ask you a few questions because it's your 20th anniversary this year, right? Yeah. And uh, I heard that in order to celebrate that, you are producing a documentary. That's right. That's right. Um, so, tell us, how's it going? Um, it, amazingly well. It, it, the five-minute version that we have so far that's up on the site is fantastic. Yeah, it's been, it's been a really wonderful process to revisit the last 20 years. The idea for the film was actually really very exciting because we thought we need to celebrate this and commemorate it in an important way and we really felt that our history was getting lost and that it was really important to document because um, we did these amazing groundbreaking things that you'll see in the film and we wanted that to be that to be kept and recorded and um, so we we got in touch with professional filmmakers and mm-hmm. met with them and um <clears throat> they've done a, a lot of interviews we have more interviews to do they've we've um, you know, pulled out archival footage, and um, yeah, it's a it's a really beautiful project to work on. But it's really expensive, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. How are you guys funding such a project? Um, we started off with a seed grant um, from some very generous women that paid for the uh, four minute trailer that you can see mm-hmm. on the site www.possible p o z i b l e dot com slash it's who we are, all one word. Um, and now we're fundraising through a crowdfunding, possible, oh. actually at that same um, website. Why crowdfunding, Ina? Um, I think it's a wonderful way to fund a community project because what it actually does is it says to the community, we want your support. Um, we want to tell our story. You show us it's important to you. And the beautiful thing is that the community has, you know, as we go to air tonight, we've had 80 supporters donating money. We have, you know, hundreds of likes on on Facebook and support has come from, you know, straight parents at my kids' school, people's grandparents. Friends at work. You know, know, as well as, you know, more traditional community. But it's, it's an amazing feeling to say there's a really strong sense in the community that they believe in this project. And so that you guys are supported. Yeah. Absolutely, yes, that yeah. we're really supported. And there's a pretty amazing feeling too when you realise that you're being supported from outside your community yeah. as well. Absolutely, it makes yeah. such a difference. It's a bit like joy being supported by people that you wouldn't expect to be supported by and it happens. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So what do you hope to do with the documentary if it gets made? Okay. So let me just say, first of all, our crowdfunding, we need to raise at least $10,000 or we don't get a cent. That's the way crowdfunding works. As we speak, we're at... $9,446,000, so we're really, really close. But please, please, everybody listening, please donate because we actually need more than that. That's the minimum it costs to make the film. Then we need money to distribute it. Um, Our trailer has already been picked up by the School of Social Health Sciences. Sorry, Maria, I probably got that title wrong. (laughs) At Deakin University. Um... We've had interest from a few people in showing the trailer, mm-hmm. which is just the short four-minute film. We're hoping with the documentary to show it at, um, you know, queer film festivals, Jewish film festivals, um, you know, any appropriate film festivals around Australia and then overseas. So we're going to need money to be able to do that as well. Um, and looking at getting it into educational institutions as well. What an amazing project. Yeah. That's you never know, it might be on SBS one day. <laughs> oh, I certainly yeah. hope so. Yeah, you'd hope yeah. so, yes. Yeah. So if yeah. people do want to support the project, what do they? What do you have to do? Okay. I mean, I've heard of crowdfunding, but I've never actually really been involved with it before. So what would I do in order to get okay. involved? It's really easy. You go to a website, which I'll read out the address, but you're going to put We'll, we'll put it on our Facebook okay. page. We'll, we'll yeah. post a link. It's www.posible, P-O-Z-I-B-L-E, dot com slash it's who we are which is the working title of our film and on that site you will see there's a um you can click on you know history of the group um a trailer of the four minute trailer so you've got a profile of the group yep we've got a profile of the filmmakers um and then there's a button that says support this project there are different incentives that you can get depending on how much you donate prizes prizes yeah yeah you want to hear about okay (laughs) all right and and look um you know they start from things like a thank you post on our on our website to um a personalized postcard a thank you mention at our jewish lesbian seder which is a big um celebration we have at passover every year um, a personalised thank you poem written by me. Oh, um, that's beautiful. A tote bag with our original artwork. Your name included in the press kit. That's when you get up to 180. Um, limited edition artwork at 360 plus a credit on the film as a bagel supporter. That's amazing. For 540 you get a copy of the trailer. Beautiful. And a credit as a cream cheese supporter. For 720 you get a private screening mm-hmm. with the cast and a credit as a LOX supporter. And for $1,800 you can come on as an associate producer. Wow. So... That is amazing. It's very important. Mm. That is important. Thank you so much for coming on the show, guys, and talking to us. I have to do a quick plug because we asked people to let us know about their community groups and we want to plug the GLBTQI role-playing group for Melbourne over 27s. They've posted their link on our Facebook page so you can connect with them there. It's about getting out and having a really fun time in a safe environment and they want to encourage more women, bisexual and lesbian, to attend. Sounds good. We have to wrap up the show now. We're so sad. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. Oh, thank it's you for having so us. It's been so lovely to yeah. have you. Really inspirational work that you're doing in our community. Coming up next, next, we've got Kiss My Arts with Amy Basto. Reviews, interviews and what's on in the world of indie music. You're listening to Femme Fatale on Joy 94.9. And good night. 
This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.